This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Gusto, modern, easy payroll benefits for small businesses across the country. And because you're a listener, you get three months free when you run your first payroll. Find out at gusto.com slash tape. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jansen. My guest today is Drew McClellan. He owns and runs Agency Management Institute. You might know them as AMI, which offers agency management training, consulting, and facilitates agency owner peer groups, networks for small to mid-size agencies. So, Drew, welcome back. Thanks for that. Very much. Good to be here. So let's um, let's start with the biggest problem that you solve um, when, when you're working with agencies. What is the biggest problem that that you see over and over again? I know you get a lot of little in the weeds and do a lot of training of their people and whatnot, but but generally speaking, what's the biggie? The biggest problem we solve um, is actually not when we do a workshop for or anything like that. It's it's that agency owners are inherently kind of feel like they're on an island by themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't have peers to talk to where it's safe to have conversations around finance or people. They don't know who to ask about best practices. And so what we really have done, um, not unlike what you have done, is we've really built a community that helps agency owners run the business of their business and uh, provide a safe place for them to ask questions that they go, you know what, I've owned my agency for 30 years. I should know the answer to What's the financial metric that says I can hire another person or whatever it is, but they just haven't had a safe place to ask it. And so that's, I think, the biggest problem we solve is that we give them uh, a safety net and a a safe set of advisors and counselors that help them run their business better. I'm curious as a marketer, um, because as you kind of alluded to, I have a network of, of consultants as well, a community. And I will tell you to a person, they all say that's why they stay. Yeah. But it's not what attracts them because they don't realize the value of that <laughs> until they're in it a bit, right? right. I mean, so so how do you how do you find a way to communicate, you know, the value of community, you know, when all they think they're looking for is a checklist? Yeah, I I'm not, I have not found okay. uh, other than testimonials and other okay. things. I have not found a way to. It's sort of like telling someone you're honest versus yeah. being honest, right. Right? Right, right? I just sort of think it's something that they have to experience, and so. A lot of times they'll listen to the podcast or they'll come to a workshop and they will feel the camaraderie and they yeah. will feel the relief. I mean, that's what I see on their faces like, oh my God, finally, yeah. I have found a group of people who do what I do and it's a safe place to not have all the answers. And so they have to experience it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the tough thing. Yeah. So, um, you and I have been doing this for a while. Um, it seems like everybody is selling training on running and growing a digital agency now. I mean, it's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, how do you um, how do you position yourself? I know that you're different, um, and and I know that our organization is vastly different. But to the person out there looking at a ten thousand dollar price tag for this training that everybody's selling, even though. I'm going to show my cynical side here, even though half the people selling them have never actually run a digital agency. Right. Um, you know, how, how do you, or they're, or they're 12. <laughs> how do you cut through that, that clutter? Because that seems to be the opportunity of the decade. Yeah. You know, the podcast helps a lot. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I think it's sort of proof is in a pudding, right? So I think when you consistently are helpful yeah. uh, in a significant way, um, you demonstrate your knowledge. I think one of the ways that makes us very different is Anyone in our organization 
that teaches or coaches has owned their own agency for a minimum of 20 years and wow. still today owns and runs their agency. Yeah. yeah. So these are people who not only have been through it all, seen yeah. it all, yeah. but are still walking the path. And that, so that to me is one of the ways that we differentiate ourselves. Um, and then, you know what? I, a lot of times we will get people who have tried other things yeah. and it just hasn't been what they wanted. Yeah. And, and I think there's plenty of great opportunity out there for agency owners, whether it's you or it's me or it's one of the other organizations out there that kind of have to find their people and their path. And so I, I'm, I guess I'm a bad salesperson. I just sort of let them find their way to us. <laughs> well, and I, and I think most organizations, I mean, there are people in, in the duct tape marketing consultant network that actually also belong to story brand and to digital yep. marketer. And, yep. and I think that sometimes, I mean, what you have to realize is that you're going to get something from all of those. Absolutely. Um, and, and there probably is no one nirvana you know, uh, kind of organization, but I think investing in yourself <clears throat> is a way to look at it as opposed to, Oh, I'm only going down this, this path. I think you need all of those things. Well, and I think one of the ways we're different is we only focus on the back of the house. We yeah. focus on the business of running your right, business right. better, more profitably. So we're not teaching anybody how to do branding yeah. or how to write a marketing plan right. or how to use story. That's I I figure they're pretty good at that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. they really need to understand is how to read their P&L and make sure they actually make money at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. So what do you see as as some of the biggest trends? I know... Um, you know, for agencies. I mean, I, I know that it seems like every workshop I see right now is about AI, um, for, uh, you know, for example. But, you know, what do you see as, as what I would call, I mean, the AI is kind of like the sexy thing. You know, what do you see as the real trends uh, for, for agencies that, that, are, that, that they better be paying attention to? One of the more interesting trends that I've seen for about the last 18 months is as more and more clients are building up internal departments mm. and as work that was normally being given to the agency is being held in-house, many agencies have combated that in a really interesting way and they're embedding employees yeah. into their client's yeah. business. So whether it's two days a week or four days a week, um, but they literally have an office and a desk and, and without exception, and I've got small agencies let's call them eight, 10 people. And I have big agencies, a hundred people, both doing this with brands that are small and large. And in every case, they have grown that piece of business because what they do is they develop relationships with multiple people in the organization. They're walking around, they get pulled into meetings. And so the trick is finding the right employee to embed because yeah. it's pretty easy for them to all of a sudden feel more alignment with the client than it is with the agency. So you have, you have to find the right person, but it's a great way to combat losing business uh, in-house. So that's one well, of the trends. I've seen. Well, and it's really interesting because there are a lot of organizations, pretty good size organizations, you know, that, that haven't done a senior marketing hire because right. they're afraid of it. Right. They, don't, they don't know how to manage that person, what to tell them to do. And so the idea that, that you're going to actually give them the workforce but you're going to manage that person probably to a large extent right. uh, as well, I think probably has a lot of appeal. Yeah. And, and agencies are charging a premium for it. Yeah. So yeah. In, a, in a time when so much of our work is being commoditized and being, you know, down to the dollar because of all the freelancers and folks like, you know, you can get yeah. anybody to do anything on Fiverr. Yeah. 
Um, You know, regardless of quality, but that's a different discussion. Um, But, you know, strategy and the smarts of how to navigate this constantly changing, you know, sea of marketing opportunities like AI, you know what, that's always going to be sold at a premium. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where do, where do you feel like social media has has landed now? I mean, obviously, when it started, it was like this new thing out here on an island that yeah. we needed to do. Um, where does that fit into, in your mind, into the overall piece uh, for marketing uh, or certainly for agencies? You know, I think it's interesting because when it started and there were, you know, six of us out there tweeting and yeah. on Facebook and all that back, you know, all the early adopters, it was about creating connection. Yeah. And then marketing took over and it became about selling stuff. Yeah. And I think now what's happening is at least on the organic side, we're sort of back to making connections again. I think that's one of the reasons why Facebook groups have been so popular is because that's a place where people are talking to people and no one's yeah. selling stuff and no one's yeah. promoting stuff. So I think in some ways it's, Oddly, because it hasn't been that long, but it's sort of gone full circle. Now it's wrapped around the pay-to-play side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the organic connection side is actually getting to be a bigger deal again than it was a few years ago. Yeah, I, th- I think you see that in a resurgence of LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In my opinion, uh, LinkedIn, you know, you, there was a point where people are like dismissing it as, you know, as a wasteland. Right. Uh, and you certainly see as people have gone back in there and said, no, I'm going to, you know, and craft, you know, some relationships here. It's like, wow, this is really powerful. Yep. Um, and, and I, you know, I do think that um, I think overall we're coming <clears throat> back to a much more personalized approach. I, I, I think that one of the challenges with all these free new things that got us all, you know, Facebook used to, you know, when the, the organic reach was great, you know, it was like easy, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. And I think it made it made a lot of marketers kind of lazy. Um, and, uh, so I think some marketers are kind of bemoaning the fact that, oh, you know, I've actually got to, you know, write one email at a time now instead of, you know, 10,000. Um, but, but I think the opportunity there is, is there. And I think the demand of the buyer, I mean, I, 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 you know, I can see it in my own email efforts and things. If you're not personalizing, if you're not right. making an effort, you know, you're just not even going to get open. Um, you're, you're, you're not going to be relevant. Any, anymore. And, and I think the, you know, it used to be that people would open everything. You got all this great open rate, uh, click through rate, you know, but now it's uh, the buyer's like, Hey, I got a lot of options, you know, and you don't have to be one. Well, and I think, and I think this is true regardless of the kind of the size of client, but certainly in sort of the small to mid size business range, I think it still boils down to, I want to know who I'm doing business with and I want to like them and I want to have a connection with them. Yeah. And so you know, I, whether it's like the depth of connection, like I can text them or call them and they respond, or at least there's a place where I know I can actually have a, a real human to human conversation by email or whatever it may be. I think consumers are demanding that more and more. And I, I also think, you know, with all the sort of gotcha media and everything else, people are, people want to know that they're not going to be embarrassed by who they do business with. So they want to have a sense of who that person is. Yeah. Everyone loves payday, but loving a payroll provider? That's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal. It's modern. You might fall in love yourself. 
Hey, and as a listener, you get three months free when you run your first payroll. So try a demo and test it out at gusto.com slash tape. That's gusto.com slash tape. Let's talk about hiring and training. You do a lot of work on the, the back end with agencies. Yep. When times are good, like they seem to be right now, you know, getting talent, finding people, you know, to do even basic work uh, gets a lot harder. What, uh, what are you helping folks do to kind of get over that idea of, of, you know, getting not only people with experience and talent, but, you know, people who want to be there and people who, you know, want to serve uh, clients, uh, you know, how, yeah. do, how do we, that, that's probably the biggest challenge I, I would guess with, with a lot of the businesses we work with. It, I think right now it is absolutely the number one challenge that most agencies are facing. So clients are ready to spend money. Clients are ready to do work. Biz dev seems to be coming a little easier. And I've had more than one agency say to me, I have stuff sitting on my desk right, that I should right. be responding to. And I don't have enough bodies. I can't, I can't take on more work. So, you know, I, I think the pendulum swings, right? Yeah. So during the recession, 07, 08, everybody was letting people go and you could hire great people for a dime on the dollar. Well, the pendulum is on yeah. the far other end right yeah. now. So the good news is it'll come back to center. Um, but right now what agencies are having to do is they're having to be much more thoughtful about things like what, what is a competitive benefits set? What, yeah. uh, how can I be more flexible? One of the great things agencies could do that a lot of corporations are not willing to do yet is we can build a lot of flexibility into the work day, into the yeah. workplace. So allowing people to have a life and work I don't believe in life work balance. I don't think it exists, but I think a life work blend, right? Mm -hmm. Where they, where they support each other. I think we are uniquely qualified to do that. And so agency owners have to get comfortable doing that. Cause you know, I remember during, you know, in the last 10 years, I've had a lot of agency owners saying, everyone will be under my roof or, you know, fill in the blank. Everyone will clock in by, oh, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, and the world is changing. And if you want to have great employees that are going to stick around and be invested in you, you're going to have to find a way to, help them have the life that they want to have while serving your clients well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think of course, this uh, workforce that's coming up uh, mm. right now, you know, that's, but seems to be particularly, particularly um, important to the point where they will take 20% less money if they can ski on Friday uh, because you know, that's, that's right. the lifestyle. Right. That <clears throat> that's right. It's, it's, and, and you know, it's, we did a, we did some research. We have this uh, research series called the agency edge. And a few years ago, we talked to over a thousand agency employees mm. and our, our goal in going into the research was to figure out these millennials, right. In air yeah. quotes. And what we found out is there is absolutely a millennial attitude in agencies, but it's rarely the age group that you think. Right. So that so that most people that we classify as millennials chronologically do not have that millennial mindset of I want to travel the world and a job is just a job and I don't want to work past 502 and all of that. But if you treat them that way, they'll turn into a millennial. But what we found is there are a lot of older people yeah. in our in our workforces that actually have that attitude. So it's not just the young people. I think everybody yeah. is struggling to to manage it all yeah, and to find a workplace that helps you manage it all. That is a humane place to work that says, look, I'm going to treat you like a grown up, and I expect you to behave like a grown up in return. And as long as we have that agreement, we can have a lot of flexibility here. Yeah, yeah. That's one way to keep great employees for yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah. So uh, talk to me a little bit about account structure. 
So one of the things that um, has become very common, whether you're an agency or you know an individual business owner, is we're delegating a whole bunch of stuff to a third party. I mean, we can get the best copywriter to for this specific thing. Yeah. We can get the best designer <clears throat> for this specific thing. So how do how do? And I'm sure a lot of your agencies are doing that because you can hire programmers, great talent for very specific things, rather than having somebody sit there all day long and right. go, "Okay, we found another project for you." Right. So how how are you finding that um, the folks are managing kind of that and 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 some of the work they're doing is client facing um, yeah. you know, or, or on behalf of a client. Um, uh, I'd love to hear kind of what you think is the best approach for that because I could and let me preface this with the fact that you know over the years I've worked with lots of clients where I wanted somebody to actually manage that work, but of course you know I was the guy they hired, right. you know I was the rainmaker, you know, and then I immediately said here's Bob. Um, and you know, that didn't go so well. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, um, how you're finding, you know, people kind of navigating that because we're, you know, we're never going to grow a business until we as the owners can get out of that seat. Um, but by the same token, you know, how do we keep, you know, the fact that we need somebody client facing who then is probably also going to manage a whole bunch of third party folks. You know, it's, it's, I think it's a really, uh, a great opportunity, but a tough dynamic. Yeah, I think part of it depends on your size. So I think the smaller you are, the harder it is because yeah. you don't have, you know, in a, in a larger agency, let's say 25 people, they're going to probably have a traffic manager or a project manager who and is sort of team. shuffling the work <laughs> to the producers. And the yeah. producers are going to be a blend of in-house and 1099 folks. Yeah. But yeah. there's one central person who's sort of relegating that. In the smaller shops, you're right, I think the account service person often has to serve in that role. Yeah. Uh, what, what most agencies are doing, and again, a lot of our agencies are 10 people or less, right. they're keeping the thinkers in-house, so they're keeping them on staff. Yep. And so the owner is able to groom those account service people, help them become more strategic, less order taker, all of the things that keep the agency owner in the thick of the day-to-day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the owner is able to kind of grow up that talent so he or she can sort of start stepping away and isn't the whoopee for every client. Um, and what they're doing is they've got sort of a core team of producers in a super small shop. They may be 1099s, but they probably have some sort of contractual agreement with them where they're buying 20 or 30 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they know they've got them. Yeah. And in a larger shop, they might have a single producing team in house or a couple teams. And then and everything else is outsourced. So it's a very rare agency today of any size that is not a blend of W2 and 1099s. Yeah, okay. Where do you fall on, there's a lot of folks uh, uh, encouraging people to uh, uh, to carve out a niche, you know, go after a certain type of business and, you know, certain type of industry and just be the the person for that. Where do you fall on that idea? Well, you don't know it, but actually you just set me up to tell you that I have a book coming out in about a month called Sell with Authority that is all about for agencies of some size, and I'm going to say 15 people or more, that it's pretty difficult to break out of your local geography yeah, yeah. if you don't have a specialty. And a specialty can be um, a, an industry or a, or, a, or a niche, as you said. It certainly can be a geography like, boy, we know the Pacific Northwest better than anybody else. It can be an audience. But to not have any area of specialty 
pretty much means that you're a generalist. Yeah. And so no one's going to drive by three general practitioners to get to a fourth general practitioner. Yeah. But we'll all drive by a bunch of doctors to get to Mayo Clinic. And so yeah. I think for agencies that want, especially today, the way people find their agency or their, their marketing partner, the way they find them is they're finding us. So in some of our research, what we found is that about 80% of clients found their agency. The agency did not find them. Yeah. And they went yeah. looking for them. Yeah. So if you have no expertise, what are they looking for? Right. right? It's right. hard for them to find you unless you happen to be the local agency, which by the way is a choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you're going to, you know, then you're going to, you know, work the rotaries and all the, the boards and your local community, which is a fine way to make a living. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a choice you have to make. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I do think that you can, div- you know, a lot of times people, when they hear the word niche, they think immediately, you know, plumbers, you know, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, I think you can get good at developing a niche around solving a specific problem too, that, that, you know, business owners. Have. Absolutely. You know, I think that yep. that's, to yep. me, the duct tape marketing, you know, you can say all you want about the brand. I mean, the biggest thing that we solved is we were the only ones talking about marketing as a system for, for the right. smallest, small business. And that idea was enough to be very different because nobody else was talking about it. Now, obviously, yeah. you have to deliver. Uh, but I, I always tell people that um, that you don't have to pigeonhole yourself. You just have to find something that where you can deliver more value than, than anybody else because, you know, there are you know, the, the idea for me of working in one industry, you know, would drive me crazy, um, right. you know, right. because it, right. you know, it, it has some efficiencies. Uh, it certainly could be very profitable, uh, but to me, it would be terribly boring. Well, and I, what we advocate actually is sort of a three-legged stool approach, which is, you know, I saw a lot of agencies in the last recession yeah. who only had one area of specialty, either shrink dramatically or go away. But I think I think it, there's danger in being just about yeah. this one industry. But I think you can be in three industries that are sort of have what I call connective tissue between them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's common threads between them, but you can build up practices uh, and almost referrals in between the legs of the stool. But I'd much rather sit on a three-legged stool than a one-legged stool. Yeah. yeah. Drew, where can people find out more about the Agency Management Institute? And and uh, gosh, I'd love to have you back uh, talk about your book too. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, they can just go to agencymanagementinstitute.com and everything that they want to know, access to the podcast. We produce a lot of content um, that has, you know, no firewall, no gate, anything. If we're just trying to be helpful and mm-hmm. if people find their way to us then and we can be helpful, then that's a, that's a win for us. Awesome. Well, thanks uh, for joining us and uh, hopefully we'll run into you uh, soon out there on the road. Sounds good. Thanks, John. 